Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcast? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Wrestling Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PW Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Now, PW Torch brings you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Today on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Pro Wrestling Torch columnist Greg Parks joined me, and we talked about a bunch of current events, and that's available on our Blue Logo Show. Just search Wade Keller 
to subscribe to the Blue Logo Show, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, if you haven't yet. And you can download Greg and me discussing today's scene. But today on the Red Logo Show, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show, we jump back five years to the SmackDown Post Show, where Greg Parks joined me also following that week's SmackDown. And we talked about Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens playing U.S. title hot potato. I make the case that a pay-per-view shouldn't, that a wrestling promoter shouldn't book a title change on a pay-per-view just to make a pay-per-view feel more important because there's diminishing returns and there's better ways to make pay-per-views feel important. Also, we talked about the apparent firm babyface turn of Charlotte and whether it worked, the skit with Fandango and Tyler Breeze, the latest with Jinder Mahal's push, and more with live callers and emails throughout. So let's get to it. Again, this aired on May 2nd, 2017, right after SmackDown. And it is today's Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show, five years ago flashback for Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. Welcome to the PW Torch livecast. I am Wade Keller, editor and publisher of the Pro Wrestling Torch weekly newsletter and editor of PWTorch.com and MMATorch.com and your new favorite pro wrestling website, PWPodcast.com. Be sure to check out PWPodcast.com for the latest in-depth written recaps of wrestling personality hosted podcasts. The new ones up today include uh, Coke Cabana's Art of Wrestling with Kenny Dykstra talking about uh, his time in the Spirit Squad, a surprise WrestleMania role, what it was like wrestling Bob Holly as a teenager. Also, we watched wrestling with Matt McCarthy, a friend of the live cast, with an extensive rundown of the latest PWG show, and uh, some notes on Kyle O'Reilly, old hot dogs, and more. And Eric Bischoff interviews Goldberg on the origins of the streak, who will be WWE's next big star, and more. Also in our news quotes column, Cody Rhodes talks about who would be, who would be in his personal four horsemen, and which former WWE wrestler didn't know there was a Terminator 1? Also, Arn Anderson on Power Trip Wrestling talks about his favorite version of the Four Horsemen, but why he did not enjoy wrestling Ric Flair. And Sean Waltman, X-Pac's first interview since going missing over the weekend. He talked about who reached out to him. Also, Chris Jericho talks to Kane about his decision to run, or Kane talks to Chris Jericho about his decision to run for mayor and continually reinventing himself. All that and so much more over at pwpodcasts.com. It's been relaunched. There's tons of daily content. Lose yourself in detailed written recaps. You can use it as a guide for which shows you want to listen to, which ones you can skip. And we even provide timestamps. You can jump to the podcast podcast that you want to listen to and jump to the sections you are most interested in. It is a great read and also helpful. So check that out. Great job by Andrew Socek. Uh, helming the, uh, the, the many of the posts and organizing contributors and all that. So, man, it's a uh, we're off to a really good relaunch. Hope you'll check that out. All right, we're here to talk tonight about WWE SmackDown um, with a, a title change. Kevin Owens, U.S. title victory over Chris Jericho. That title reign didn't last long, but they got a TV main event out of it. Put a lot of heat on Owens and also wrote Jericho off television. Um, it's pretty clear based on the. Uh, um, the, the way that Jericho is selling at the end from the beatdown by Owens at ringside and subsequently in the ring. And then two post-match attacks that uh, they're selling the idea Jericho is going to be out for a while. And so uh, they, they accomplished a lot there. And they officially 
turned Charlotte babyface. If there was any doubt, it was removed tonight. And they teased Becky Lynch turning heel, which would have been awkward because that would have left the division with four heels and two faces, essentially. But uh, Becky, after teasing that she was on the side of the welcoming committee, hashtag welcoming committee. Yes, they're called the welcoming committee. If you watch SmackDown, you know they're the welcoming committee because they kept calling them the welcoming committee over and over in case we forgot that they're the welcoming committee. Ugh. Anyway, uh, Banks, uh, excuse me, Becky teased that she was going to uh, join them after they had made a pitch earlier in the show. And she shook hands with all three women and went in for a hug on Ellsworth, but then shoved Ellsworth into Tamina. She ended up taking a beating. And, uh, but nevertheless, uh, we now have three baby faces and three heels set up as the top six in the SmackDown women's division. A lot more to talk about on today's show and pro wrestling torch columnist, Greg Parks is my co-host on today's program. We will take your calls 515-605-9345. That's 515-605-9345. If you want to participate in the show, call that number. And when you call push one on your touchstone phone, we got a lot of people on hold already. And uh, we'd love for you to also call and, uh, Get in line on the phone banks. I do want to note that tomorrow, a special edition of the Midweek Flagship, Pat McNeil hosting in my place, joined by Jim Valley. They are the pair that work together for the VIP Wayback Playback audio show every week. Pat also joins me often here on either the Post Raw, Post Smackdown, or sometimes guest co-host of the Midweek Flagship. He and Jim Valley hosting tomorrow. Jim Valley in Las Vegas for the Cauliflower Alley Convention. We'll get uh, some details from Jim on how that is going on site at, a lo- at the long-running gathering of uh, wrestlers and retired wrestlers and fans in Las Vegas for the Cauliflower Alley Convention. So join Pat and Jim there, but they'll talk current events too. Plenty of stuff to talk about in current events, and uh, they can do a broad array of topics on the pay-per-view on Sunday and Raw and SmackDown the last couple nights and anything else that you want to talk about. So be sure to join them tomorrow, 1 Eastern Live, or you can, of course, listen to On Demand later. If you have an email question that you want to send in, if you can't listen live or call, the email address for us tonight and the midweek tomorrow is pwtorchlivecast at gmail.com. Let's bring uh, Greg Parks into the show and get his thoughts on tonight's show. Uh, Greg, welcome back to the Livecast. Good day, on. Yeah, good to be here, Wade. Excellent. Uh, well, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down to tonight's SmackDown. Uh, the, we're kind of in that now zone where we're pa- not only past the superstar shakeup, we're past the weird pay-per-view where it wasn't quite clear what brand it was because different people were cross-pollinating. We're just kind of now finally settling in. We're getting an idea of who SmackDown has, who they're going to work with, who's going to be in top feuds. Uh, do you like what you're seeing at this point? Yeah, I thought tonight was was a good show. I didn't think it was, and it's funny to kind of say this after the main event that we just saw, but I didn't think it was a blow-away newsworthy show. You know, Kevin Owens winning the United States title back in the main event, obviously very newsworthy, as is the storyline injury to Chris Jericho to write him off TV. Plus, uh, we also got, I think, what was a full babyface turn by Charlotte here. They had been hinting in that direction in previous weeks, but I think they went, bore with it tonight so there were some newsworthy things on the show but you had a lot of little stuff going on too you had the breezango backstage segment which was actually pretty funny uh you know i I, you almost hate to say that when it comes to wwe comedy because it's so (laughs) rare and you don't want to be the one speaking out you know and and you're you're wondering oh is that really funny like did i really enjoy that because it's wwe and i (laughs) not sure 
Um, you know, you had Ty Dillinger going over uh, Aiden English in a battle of two guys who are kind of finding their footing right now on SmackDown for a couple different reasons. Dolph Ziggler beating Sin Cara. Uh, getting him prepared for Shinsuke Nakamura at Backlash. So there was a lot of under-the-radar minor things happening uh, as well to kind of build some guys up. Yeah, and that's where I, I saw this as a newsworthy show in that respect. I, I thought that they did do enough to kind of establish not only who the top guys are that they're pushing, but that it, and I know it's a cliche, and I'm kind of I'm already tired of hearing it. SmackDown, the land of opportunity. But you know what? If they actually turn that into kind of a euphemism for we're rehabilitating misused and underutilized acts and we're going to do our best to get more out of them in addition to hopefully doing a good job with the main event talent i like that i mean i can live with that being the euphemism like everything they can drive something into the ground by doing it over and over and over and over again but the land of opportunity if it is a land of opportunity for brizongo to get a, a little more tv time uh, Sin Cara even to show a little bit more fight, maybe a little bit more of an upside to him. And what they're doing with the women's division just in general is working. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm still holding out on uh, Ty Dillinger and waiting for him to show the larger audience what he's all about. I think he's still short, coming up short in that in that regard. Uh, but, you know, there's plenty of time for that. I, 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 like, I like what they're doing right now with SmackDown. And, and I did like this show, and I did like the Brizongo skit. Um, I thought that it was uh, it was fun. It came across like, you know, if you want to have a quote, an explanation for how that happened, it's just a video that was meant to uh, to taunt their future opponents. And they, you know, yeah. were part of creating it um, as a way to kind of try to get under the skin of their opponents psychologically. And I, I can live with that. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't portrayed as anything but something along those lines. So I thought this was a fun show. I look forward to talking to callers about it. And, um, and go ahead, Greg. you know. Yeah we're talking about rehabilitating guys and we, we have to bring up Jinder Mahal who has oh, been yeah. rehabilitated to the point where he's in the title match at, at backlash. And, uh, he fought Sami Zayn tonight. Um, I, I didn't think the match was any great shakes. I, I feel like Jinder is the guy who, if he's put in a position to wrestle a 10 to 15 minute title match on a pay-per-view, I, I assume it's going to be the main event of backlash. I think he can. I think he can do it. He's not going to get out there and embarrass himself. Um, but I just wonder if Randy Orton is that right guy. I, I think they're too similar, and I, I really wonder if Orton is going to get the best out of Jinder. And really, if you're going to use Jinder uh, even just once on a title match, is Orton the guy that's going to showcase the best of Jinder? Are you saying they're both B minus players, Greg? Uh, at well, yes, I, I guess that's uh, that's an accurate way to say that. I know, and I think so far that that might be what we're seeing from Jinder. Now, that's okay um, if that's all he turns out to be, and they get a little bit of a run from uh, from Jinder uh, being uh, you know borderline main event, but not you know a top top guy that you invest in for a long time. I'm okay if it works out that way. I think there's a chance it turns out to be more than that and better than that, and if so. I think that's cool too. It's, I think it's too early to write him off as a B minus player, but I I'm with you. I think it's a great point. I'm not sure that Randy Orton is the best guy for him to get over against. I would like to see Randy Orton. Who's not particularly energized and doesn't come across as the most motivated employee of the month at all. You know, in, in recent years, <laughs> I, I would like to see Randy decide. <clears throat> and again, he's got to like gender. Cause if he doesn't, he'll, I won't say sandbag him, but he's not going to go out of his way for him. 
But if he doesn't have anything against Jinder Mahal and he wants to create new opponents, I'd like to see him step up and make this a project of his or a point of pride that he's going to help get Jinder Mahal over. I think Jinder Mahal has, from what we've seen, there's a chance he has it in him. And we just, well, he's going to be tested. And this is great. This is seeing other wrestlers move up the mid card that it's, you know, Bruce Mitchell talks about it being the mid card era. You get on the mid card and you stay there forever. This is good. Now for people yelling at me about, Oh, it's Jinder Mahal. Come on. It's the story that they told leading up to Jinder winning the, the, the six pack challenge. Had they shown that Jinder Mahal was getting better on a hot streak, scored a couple upsets that people wrote off as flukes, but they turned out not to be flukes. He's really that good. That, you know, that's fine. That's telling a good story. They didn't tell that story. They expected us to go from Jinder Mahal, the jobber, basically doing eight in English in the eight in English position to now suddenly a world title contender, number one contender. That was too sudden. That said, at some point, we got to move on and judge him on where the storyline is now. And yeah, I think he's uh, he's he looks the part and carries himself that way. So I, I think there's some potential for this to work out. What worries me is is Randy Orton. It, Triple H said in an interview in, uh, a few months ago, I don't know if it was around WrestleMania season, maybe even before that, uh, he, he made reference to Orton not always being motivated in the ring or made some comment about Orton not getting everything out of him that he can get. And that hasn't changed Orton's in-ring um, work. That hasn't changed. So if, if Triple H going public in, in the mainstream media with comments about how he doesn't feel you're turning it up uh, as much as you need to doesn't get you motivated to do better in the ring i really question what will at this point yeah yeah well put all right let's uh let's go to a break and when we come back we'll start taking phone calls 515-605-9345 is the number 515-605-9345 you can find that number at pwtorchlivecast.com just click on this show and uh, the phone number is always there, too, if you can't uh, jot it down or memorize it. When I say it, we'll be back right after this. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Adidas. 
With some podcast memberships, there's a complicated system of having to enter a username and password in advanced settings, and it works on some apps but not others. That's not the case with PW Torch VIP membership. We now have a slick setup where you're a single click away when you go VIP from having your podcast feed automatically generated on Apple Podcasts. All you need is an authorized VIP membership as soon as you sign up on our express sign-up form, which takes about a minute. You'll get a link and you click on it and it opens Apple Podcasts and subscribes. No entering anything, no advanced settings. You can also subscribe on more podcast apps than ever other than Apple Podcasts, including Beyond Pod and Dogcatcher on Android and many others on iPhones and iOS. So VIP membership, it's more convenient than you realize. Get all the benefits of VIP membership, all the VIP exclusive podcasts and these shows with the ads and plugs removed with a VIP membership pwtorch.com slash go VIP. It's quick, it's easy, it's convenient, and we think it's worth it. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right, welcome back to the PW Torch livecast. I'm Wade Keller, joined by Pro Wrestling Torch columnist Greg Parks. And this is the post-Smackdown edition of the PW Torch livecast. Tomorrow, Pat McNeil and Jim Valley with Jim Valley live from Cauliflower Alley in Las Vegas with, with a special edition of the Midweek Flagship. Let's get two phone calls, and let's begin with uh, Denny in Toledo, Ohio. You are up first. Uh, Denny, thanks for kicking off the show. Uh, what's in your mind after SmackDown tonight? Um, hey, hey, guys. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, before, I, I have a couple things I wanted to touch, touch on on SmackDown, but before I get started on that, I want to take a quick sidebar because I just listened to the uh, VIP roundtable from the pay-per-view the other night. And I want to please keep, please keep Bruce Mitchell far away from any casino or betting odds um, that you can. I'm, I'm a gambler. I'm actually going out next month to play in the World Series of Poker. And 4,500 to 100 odds are absolutely awful that you should never take that bet um, at all, ever. Um, I'm more likely to take the $100 bet or to, to try to win 4500 than I would to bet 4500 to try to win 100 It's absolutely insane. I can't believe he was even trying to defend that. Um, but doesn't he have like a 95% chance of winning a hundred bucks? Doesn't that make it low risk? Yeah. Uh, no, no, absolutely not. 
That's okay. the, the, the off chance. The off chance that Vince McMahon would change his mind because it's <laughs> happened. I mean, it's, it's happened, yeah. especially the last few pay per views. Like, there's been three or four matches where the betting odds haven't um, matched up. So no, it's you know betting on wrestling is ridiculous anyway. No one should do it. But um, yeah, the, the forty five hundred to one odds is absolutely insane. I couldn't believe anyone would even consider well, 4, that. Well, forty five hundred to one hundred. Or four, yeah, forty five hundred to one hundred. I'm sorry, thanks okay. for correcting that. <laughs> um, well, I just don't okay, want but um, go, as far as I don't want Bruce to go. Well, he misunderstood, and then you know use that against you. Uh, you are a you are a competitive poker player, and what you say is credibility in this regard. As we continue to try to stop Bruce from strutting around with the championship title, he did not win. Kind of like Jinder Mahal at the t- start of the show today. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and uh, you know, so as far as SmackDown goes tonight, you guys already touched on one of the things I wanted to touch on. And I, I thought I was going to be like a revolutionary in this sense. So uh, you guys kind of stole my thunder there. But I loved the um, Fashion Police segment. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was really well done. Um, and those guys have actually been making me laugh for a few weeks now. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I really hope they find the SOB at the end that was walking around in flip-flops and, or sandals and socks. So. <laughs> Um, I, I did like that. They caught me with the jaywalking and Jimmy walking when they were. Yeah, Jimmy, well, that made me, yeah, that I, 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 I'm, I'm at work right now. So, I, you know, that, that I had to stop what I was doing because I was laughing pretty hard at that. That's great. Um, and uh, the second thing I thought, like, you know, I know a report came out that Kevin Owens, like, you know, Vince McMahon was you know, kind of critical of Kevin Owens' appearance lately. But I, to me, he kind of looks thinner tonight. Do you think you guys think that he may be trying to make a, a conscious effort to looks better for Vince McMahon. What do you think, Greg? Somebody mentioned that on the um, uh, roundtable, not the roundtable, but the uh, live cast that uh, Pat McNeil and I did after the pay-per-view on Sunday that they thought that Owens had lost weight, and I didn't really notice that. I tried to look for it here tonight, and I guess I, you know it looks like he's dropped a couple pounds. Uh, your physical appearance is always going to be paramount in WWE, even somebody who gets over to the degree that Kevin Owens does, uh, and is, as you know, his weight is not really hindering him in the ring. Uh, it's not hindering him. And as far as getting over to the audience, so it's not really a problem, but when you're on TV for a living every week, that's something, whether it's an internal motivation, uh, you know, you want to look better and be more presentable to the paying audience or it's external motivation, whether it's from Vince McMahon or whoever in WWE who, who pushes um, uh, the right look. Uh, there's, there's always going to be some pressure, I think, on looking as well as you can for the audience on television. Right. Hey, I, I agree. I just, you know, usually, usually when someone's losing weight, you can see it in the neck first. I mean, and, and that's where I kind of noticed it on Kevin. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 
That's joinmidi.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Thank you for subscribing to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Don't forget, we got a whole lineup of other shows called the PW Torch Daily Casts. It's free. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app. A different show on a different topic throughout the week, including shows dedicated to AEW, NXT, MMA, Ring of Honor, and more. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app or check out links to the latest shows at our main website, pwtorch.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I think shaving the beard uh, and and the closer cut haircut overall is something that probably would not have worked if he weren't getting himself in better shape. Because like you said about the neck, and I think the beard might have been masking perhaps some weight that, well, I don't think Kevin Owens should be pressured into becoming Jinder Mahal by any means. 
I think there's no. something to be said for looking like you're you're an athlete who cares about physical fitness. Now, ultimately, do you perform in the ring? Do, do your moves look credible? Uh, are you able to keep up and have good wind? He's he hits all those check boxes. So I'm not all that hung up on you know how much of a gut he has under the t-shirt. That said, it's I think a it's a given that it's better if he loses a little bit of that gut. I, I think just for the sake of wear and tear long term in his body. I mean, I think wrestling will have less of a wear and tear on his joints and ligaments. And if, if he's keeps himself slimmed down a little bit, I don't think there's a benefit to carrying a ton of weight. That said, I don't think Owens would be Owens if somehow he went on some program where he ended up like gender. I mean, I think that would probably work against him. I agree. I, I agree. I hope it doesn't go too drastic. Um, yeah. The, uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on was speaking of gender is you know, at, at first when he was put in this position, I was really, really down on it. I think I talked to you about it on the you know, flagship, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, you and, you and Travis, um, but I mean, I think since he's been put in this role, and you know, I think that the build could have been better. Like he could have gotten some wins and been put on a roll and 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 built up to this spot a little bit better. I think since he's been put in the role, I think he's done well. Um, uh, you know, I think he's you know looked like a credible threat to to Randy and and with the uh, Singh brothers. Um, you know, he 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 looks like he could you know make some waves. So I, I think they've done well since you know they they put him in the spot. Uh, anything else, Danny? Good good observation. Um, well, one last thing. I, I I love what they're doing with Nakamura. Um, you know, I, I think that they're really presenting his first uh, on-screen you know match on the main roster as a big deal. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it, it's a, they're doing it a little bit differently, and I, I like that they're really presenting him as a superstar. And I think that's going to work out well for him. Danny, thanks. Great, great call. I think that. Yep, you bet. Yeah, Greg, I like, I like the music videos. They're treating him as a big deal. I did not like last week's segment. I'm glad he wasn't on the show this week. If they, I'm glad they didn't like feel this need to try to make up for last week or add to it mm-hmm. in a worse way. But just treat him like a big deal. Treat him like a star. And, uh, yeah, that's what they did. Yeah, it, I like the idea of having his first match on a special event pay-per-view. The WWE Network numbers do not fluctuate based on pay-per-views, even if you're saving something special for one of those shows. So, you know, the backlash, saving him for backlash, the the network numbers are not going to increase dramatically because they're saving Shinsuke Nakamura's first match for for pay-per-view. But this is a show that's going to be headlined by Randy Orton, Jinder Mahal. So even though it is a secondary pay-per-view, you do want some kind of draw to get fans to watch it. Um, and, and Nakamura can be that draw. And I'm glad they're acknowledging that. I'm glad they're not just throwing him on there in a match with Dolph Ziggler and treating it like any other match. I'm glad that they are hyping that, hey, this is the first time you can see Nakamura in a WWE ring wrestle uh, or sports entertain against Dolph Ziggler. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I I like that, like you said, it's a good sign from WWE's point of view um, as far as uh, the booking going forward of Nakamura that they are treating his first match as being so special. Absolutely. All right, let's go to our next caller, Jordan in New Rochelle, New York. You're up next. Oh, what's up, Wade? Uh, not too much. How you doing? I'm doing good. I thought this was a good Greg's smack. Greg's here, though. too. Um, I've, they had a Greg. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it's good, it's good. Oh, my bad, Greg. <laughs> well, just like, just like there's no crying on SmackDown, there's no crying on the SmackDown postgame show either. So I, <laughs> I will not shed a tear. I'm sorry. Um I had a question about um, Jinder Mahal. I, I feel everyone's being a little bit too hard on him. To be honest, I don't like him, but I'd rather have him as a champion than Randy Orton. 
um, just because it creates fresher matchups. And to be honest, I don't think anybody wants to see Randy Orton keep being champion. I know he, um, Rusev is probably going to get a title shot at Money in the Bank, but I feel you can do a lot with uh, a surprise, I guess you could call it an upset, if a gender wins on um, a backlash. I just think people need to give um, WWE a chance, and if they do give him, I guess, the key to the castle, maybe he can be a better champion than um, Randy Orton. Do you guys think it's possible he could win the title? Greg, what do you think? I tell you, I don't see it. Um, I, I He just strikes me as kind of a placeholder. Um, they could do something wacky, because I don't think anyone expected Chris Jericho to win on Sunday going into the match, and there he was uh, walking out as the United States champion. So you can really never say never with WWE and Vince McMahon, but just, you know, Randy Orton coming off that House of Horrors match and coming off such a big feud with Bray Wyatt and knowing that they probably want AJ Styles versus Randy Orton for the summer, unless they get hooked on Styles versus Owens and they want to extend that program, then you've got to find someone else for Orton uh, over the summer. I don't really think Mahal is that guy, but you know, there's still time uh, a few weeks till backlash, the backlash match itself. It's, it's possible that he just goes on a tear and impresses a ton of people and makes them rethink what they want to do over the summer. But I think I've seen enough of Jinder Mahal in his career to this point to think that's going to be kind of unlikely for him to just open a bunch of eyes performance-wise um, in the next few weeks. Yeah, I, th- I think it'd be a little soon, but I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, Jordan, about uh, having a fresher fresher champion on top I think it's a bit of a stretch for him to go from where he was two months ago to champion and I'm not sure that they've told the story well enough nor do I think he's good enough to make up for that I'm for giving him a try it's a good time of year to try it he might become stronger but I think he needs to have some sort of setback before then earning his way back into the main event spot again Uh, but it's a test and maybe yeah I think Greg's right he might open some eyes depending on you know how he performs and really how the crowd responds and that's going to be yeah. uh, it's going to be one of the stories to watch on this pay per view. I like it. I like having stories like this to watch. Well, it's a it's a fresh matchup, and it was a surprise yeah. that he even is the number one contender. But I think a more interesting question to ask is what what's more likely, him winning the title or King Maxwell pinning the Miz on Raw? I think um, <laughs> which are two far out but very possible things that could happen in WWE. I probably put King Maxwell. Yeah. I, I could definitely see once the Hardys break up, Miz talking all this crap, and then you get a twist of fate, and then he just puts his baby right on top of Miz, and then you get a three count. I mean, I feel like that could be something um, down the line that they could do with the Hardys. I, I think that'd be pretty funny. Yeah. Well, um, good. Uh, appreciate the call. Anything else, Jordan? Oh, no, that's it. All right, cool. I want to let people know they can uh, contribute emails to the show. We had some good emails yesterday during the post-raw program. And if you are unable to call or if you call and remember something else you forgot to talk about, you can email us and we'll, uh, we, we might get to it here on the show. The email address is pwtorchlivecast at gmail.com. That is pwtorchlivecast at gmail.com. Let's uh, go to another caller here and go to Durrell in Georgia. Durrell. Are you there tonight? Bro? 
Oh, no. Two nights in a row, Darrell? You fell asleep during the show or something? I don't know what to do. Don't know what to say. All right. Well, hung up on you. Call back. You're going to hear that beep, 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 you know, that, that uh, phone disconnected noise in your ear soon and wonder what the heck happened. All right. Let's, uh, let's go to one more break here and come back. We've got uh, uh, Marcus or Aaron up next, followed by Hayden. And uh, so both of you uh, hold tight. And our phone number is 515-605-9345. You can get in line on the phone banks with Greg Parks and me discussing tonight's episode of SmackDown. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows. With ads and plugs removed, the Weight Keller Processing Podcast, Weight Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are back. I uh, teased earlier the pwpodcasts.com website story from Kenny Dykstra on what it was like wrestling Bob Holly as a teenager. I was surprised by his answer, but I thought it was, uh, it was, inter- it was, it was interesting. Uh, I would have thought that he might have been on there saying, yeah, Bob got really stiff with them and was un- you know, unprofessional or taking advantage of him. But he had actually had a surprising response to how Holly approached him in the ring. And I thought Holly had a pretty telling response afterwards. Go check that out. It's uh, in the quick quote. It's the quick quote, Kenny Dykstra on what it was like wrestling Bob Holly as a teenager over at pwpodcast.com. I'm Wade Keller. This is the post-Smackdown edition of the PW Torch Livecast. If you want to hear a long show last night, I hosted Solo covering Raw. Be sure to check out the show right under this one on our podcast feed, or you can find it, as you just heard, at pwtorchlivecast.com, our homepage, where you can find all the previous shows um, and uh, search for certain episodes of Raw that you want to hear us talk about, certain pay-per-views or certain interviews. Any shows from our past, easy to find at our homepage that uh, we just ran a commercial for. Back to the phone lines, and we'll go to, I think this is Marcus, uh, but it could be Aaron. Uh, who is, uh, who's up next here? <laughs> it's Aaron again. All right. Sounds good, Aaron. Good to hear from you. What would you think of SmackDown? Thank today? you. I promise I'll yeah. have my husband call next time. All right, good. <laughs> How are you doing, Wade and Greg? Doing well. Go. Good. Good. <laughs> Um, I thought, yeah, I wanted to include you, Greg, make sure that Thank you were not you. left out. Um, I thought the show was good. Um, the only issue that I really had tonight was with the camera work during the women's segment. Um, yeah. And hopefully no one else noticed but me, because um, I always hate it when that happens. I feel like they were having a, a pretty decent match, but there was some angles where the camera cut a little too close or they were <laughs> where a couple of spots were shown that shouldn't have been like when um, Naomi had Charlotte rolled up and then she, you could see her or actually uh, Natalia had Natalia rolled up and then you could see her actually push her off of her instead oh, of pushing yeah. out. Yeah. You know, just a couple of spots where it was like, if the cameraman just wouldn't do that or just, um, there were a couple of times where they're having a good moment and then the cameraman just shoots off from another angle and it just ruins the spot completely. That's the only, I've noticed that a few times on SmackDown is just like a few of the cameramen just trying to get happy with it or something and just ruining the segment, ruining the match. So it was only downfall. Um, otherwise, I was, I was pretty down with it. I, uh, I loved the Fashion Place segment. I thought that was hilarious. Um, Whoever wrote Tyler that Green is very happy from... right now listening to this uh, in the hotel room or on the flight <laughs> back or on the car ride, whatever, because you know they're, they're nervous. You know, when, they, when WWE tries comedy, they've got to be thinking, oh, God, people are going to pan this. They're not going to give it a chance. Um, or was it even good? You know, might, they might be not sure. You know, they might have thought it was good, but sometimes people who write comedy, it bombs, and they don't know why. Um, but so far, yeah, it seems like pretty unanimous thumbs up for this, uh, for this segment. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's – just genius, but it was good. It was good for what it was. And, you know, here's, here's the thing. I think Fandango is one of the more over, underrated um, comedy guys in WWE. I think he can really pull it off. Um, you know, even back when he was Johnny Curtis on, um, I don't know if it was ECW at the time or if they had morphed into NXT by that time. Um, 
you know, when he was uh, doing the Dirty Curdy gimmick, and then he went to uh, be Fandango. And, I mean, it's a ridiculous gimmick, but he goes full bore into it. And I think he's really one of the more underrated guys for that kind of comedy uh, in WWE. Uh, Aaron, yeah, um, you, yeah think, go ahead. I also think that Tyler Breeze is a very funny person. That's why I like yep. him. I always liked him a lot in NXT. And... If I could tell you, um, if you Google Tyler Breeze Neville promo, that is one of the funniest things I have ever seen. Tyler Breeze is very comedic. He has, he delivers well. And so I think the two of them, I didn't like Breezango at first at all. I was very against that. I really kind of wanted Tyler Breeze to shine on his own, but you knew that wasn't going to happen. And this is the first time that I was like, okay, okay, this is really funny. And I think I could get behind this. <laughs> I'm not sure as far as matches go how that's going to go, but I'm enjoying the, the comedic effect, so that's good. Um, I thought the end match was, the main event was uh, was good. I, I kind of figured that Kevin Owens was going to get the title back because, you know, Fozzie's going on tour, so, yeah. you know, that seems pretty normal. Um, but I thought the ending was pretty brutal, but, you know, it, it gets Kevin Owens over as a, as a heel pretty well. Um, I like Owen's teasing, Aaron, uh, the, the, the feeling like, oh, I overdid it with Jericho. We were best friends at one time or so, we kind of thought. And let me go in the ring and check on him and apologize. I took things a little far trying to get my title back. You know, he had all that body language and, face, and he's still good with the facial expression. I know. And then he enters the rope and just charges at him and beats him down some more. I mean, it's just why I love Owens and what he brings to, to – I mean, it's why somebody of, of his height and his body type – and overall, look, he's so valuable, even though he doesn't fit the, you know, Vince McMahon mold. That's more along the lines of Jinder Mahal, obviously. He's so good in that way and has been for so long prior to WWE. And I'm glad he's getting a chance to do that. That's a case where he played it as a he, he used his, his dramatic talent to not tell a joke or be funny or, quote, sports entertain us. He used his acting a talent and facial expressions and all the subtleties that he's so good at and as good as anybody in the business to tell a better story that got him over as a heel and got sympathy on the baby face. And that's, that's just, absolutely he, he sets the bar in that way. Absolutely. Um, what, I guess I could let you guys go. Thank you so much for your time. Um, Wade, however, I will send you an email or I'll call back next Monday. I thought a little more about your question of why Finn Balor is my favorite wrestler and I have a perfect analogy for you. So. <laughs> Is it safe for for, uh, for for the podcast, or you have to email it to me? Oh no, it's safe. <laughs> it just you know I've already taken up some time, so I figured oh, okay, I'd okay. wait till it was <laughs> till raw or something. Yeah, um, all right, very good. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So well, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, excellent. Yeah, all right, I look forward to it. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. You bet. Bye. All right, our phone number here five one five six zero five ninety three forty five. Let's go next to Hayden in Kansas City. Hayden, thanks for calling. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, not a whole lot, Wade. Uh, how are you doing? How is Craig over there also being nice and quiet? Uh, very funny. <laughs> I'm excellent. Thank you. Good, very funny, Graydon. <laughs> <laughs> we do sound very scarily alike. Um, but it, I just want to do a uh, call in. Uh, great coming in, talking about the ASO. Um, however, I, 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 I 
really don't have a whole lot more to add on from this other than what's been said involving Breezango and involving the main event. Um, however, I do like to make a comment on, on Tyler Breeze himself. Just very recently, I went in with Tyler. I went back and watched Tyler Breeze's match against uh, Jushin Thunder Liger at the first Takeover Brooklyn, and it reminded me very much. And it, it, to build on what Aaron had said before me, the true comedic timing that Tyler Breeze possesses. And when I went back and watched him doing that match, he, he there was a lot of. Whenever the ref would touch him, he'd scream at the ref to don't touch him because he's not worthy of touching him. And how he would re react to other guys mocking him in the ring. And I really do feel as though a lot of people have forgotten, uh, well, did forget for a period of time, how good Tyler Breeze really, really was. And to see him having success with someone like Fondango, who we witnessed be a very, very good character, um, in his time in the WWE, um, shifting from a serious note to a very comedic role in multiple ways. Uh, this looks, seems like a really money pairing to me, and uh, I just was trying to see if you guys agreed with me on that and seeing if, would you prefer them being a team for a long time or do you see them splitting up again? Because, in my opinion, if they split up again, I see a a lot of upside for Tyler, but I think Fondango has been a bit damaged. Interesting, Greg. Yeah. Um, your, your thoughts, uh, keep them together as a team, break them up uh, down the line or soon? I, I would keep them together as a team, knowing how thin the tag team ranks are on SmackDown and Raw, and I don't think that's going to change. I don't think you're going to see uh, ever a big influx of tag teams to the point where anyone says, whoa, there's too many tag teams, we need to break them up. So I think they're more valuable to SmackDown or Raw if they were to move over there as a tag team. I think if you split them up, they would get lost in the shuffle, both of them. Um, Tyler Breeze, I, 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 I always liked his performance, and I always thought he bought into that gimmick, even dating back to NXT. I, I just think it's such a limiting gimmick, and it's the same thing with Fandango and the dancing gimmick. It, it'll get over for a short period of time, but it's it's a very limiting gimmick. You're you're not going to get past the mid card. So to combine them into a a, a tag team like this. I think that was a fine move. If they were to ever break up, I think the best thing for them would be to go on and, and get a complete revamp of their characters, both of them, really, because I think that would be the best. And I do think that they have something valuable to offer, but if they break up, I don't think they're going to be able to offer that value as the characters they currently are. A PW Torch VIP membership doesn't just give you ad-free access to these shows and a ton of other VIP-exclusive podcasts throughout the week, but you also gain access to our unmatched, vast library of wrestling history, our contemporaneous week-to-week -week coverage through our Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletters dating back to the late 1980s, along with streaming and download access to hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, including some of my interviews with wrestling's top newsmakers in the 90s. And also our podcast library dating back to the year 2003. There's no larger, longer spanning pro wrestling podcast library than that that comes with a PW Torch VIP membership now approaching 20 years of podcasting. Go VIP and dive into our post-pay-per-view roundtables, our coverage of some of your favorite eras of wrestling, top name long form interviews, and special format podcasts that we've done throughout the years pwtorch.com slash govip. We have a streamlined sign-up form and you can pay with PayPal or directly with your credit card or debit card in one or two minutes. From right now, you can be a VIP member and diving into our library, pwtorch.com slash govip. 
Yeah, it, it, I agree. It's about rehabilitating them from being seen as just jobbers who stand in the ring. Maybe they get a little music at, you know, trailing off or none and they lose. And that when you get treated that way, it's tougher to get have fans take you seriously. But the, the idea with their gimmick is have them be entertaining. Obviously, you know, get their characters over so people aren't dreading when they appear on television and they fill a comedic role. But you can only go so high doing all comedy. So the, the, the idea of them using their their, you know, sass, their insults, their wit to get under the skin of their opponents, if it's a stretch. If it's a strategy that they employ and it's framed that way, as opposed to them just being class clowns who aren't disciplined enough to focus on their careers, I think it can work. And I am a fan of uh, Tyler Breeze. I kind of I've compared him to the 1980s pre-Freebirds version of Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin with Precious, the world-class jump to wrestling days, AWA days. Somebody who, you know, isn't going to be a top, top guy. There were times Jimmy was, you know, he was awful world title challenger to Rick Martel for the AWA championship in the mid eighties, but just because he wasn't good enough mm. in the ring. Um, but he was really good on promos and he was a good, you know, second tier heel who could draw heat, be a bit of a gatekeeper or fight over a secondary title. And I kind of thought that was Tyler's destiny in WWE, but he and Brazong or he and uh, Fandango have a good chemistry together. They play off each other. Well, they seem to be on the same wavelength. It doesn't seem like a struggle. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I that's what, again, I, I like SmackDown, being a, a, a show where you can tune in and see some people who are maybe underutilized, get a, get a fresh chance. I, the booking just has to support the credibility aspect of it. It can't just feel forced. And that's where maybe they're coming up a little short, but I think it, it's not, you know, so damaging that it can't, that it, it's just overriding any, any gains. Yeah. The thing with rehabilitating these guys now is we're seeing that in Jinder Mahal and we're seeing that. So, where in the past we would have written off, you know, a renewed singles push for Tyler Breeze and Fandango, we can point to Jinder Mahal and say, hey, if if it can happen to Jinder Mahal, it can happen yeah. to any of these guys, given the right timing and the right gimmick. Yeah, yep, I agree. I agree. All right, uh, Hayden, anything else? Uh, just one last comment, um, and seeing if you guys also agree on this, uh, an analyzation by me. Um What's happening with Jinder Mahal right now, and uh, it was mentioned earlier how he was kind of, there wasn't any build-up behind him, and he just kind of suddenly just won that six-pack challenge instead of getting like a whole bunch of really what people thought were fluke wins, and but then have it crescendo to something that actually meant something. Um, it reminds me a lot of early of the end of WCW, where there's a, there was a lot, a lot of guys there who were being pushed under the Vince Russo era to the top of the card who for so long due to backstage politics and um, backstage uh, interfering by members of the NWO and guys with their guaranteed contracts with creative clauses in them, um, where these guys who had always played second fiddle were then pushed to the main event and then therefore these people were never able to draw as much money even though fans were looking forward to new people and starting to get over guys like Nash and Hall and even though Hogan had left at this point, guys like him who, uh, who had kind of run their, run their course with the WCW storyline they had. I was just curious as if you saw that like Jinder was one of those guys, kind of like a DDP was, or even though DDP did get legit get himself over, or a Billy Kidman when he was put um, finally in the main event scene for a couple of a uh, couple of months there. Um, and that, do you see him being that kind of guy where people can just 
because of how he's been booked for so long now, he'll never be able to break that top scene, even if he's worked hard enough to deserve it or not. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put uh, DDP in, in a Russo-era um, comparison. I was kind of wondering who, who you were talking, you know, if, if you had some specific names. Do you have anybody besides Kidman who was pushed at that stage? Because there was that time when WCW was just almost unwatchably bad. I mean, it was just, it was almost unwatchable. It was so bad. The booking was as awful as anything I've ever seen. And all the main event talent had either injuries, fake injuries, or contract disputes, or maxed out on their dates. And they just, you know, they creative had to look around and try to figure out who's left to push. And that was kind of the Jeff Jarrett, Booker T era. And, oh my God, I mean, it's painful to watch even 10 minutes of, of what they were doing that. It was awful. But I would say that the talent that they were trying to push were damaged the booking was as bad as any booking that I've ever seen in 40, close to well, close to 40 years watching wrestling now. Um, and so I don't know that it compares in that way. Cause I think Tyler Breeze, Fandango and Jinder Mahal all are, would have been standouts in that era with the skill set and presence that they have, but the booking might've undercut them. Um, I think the booking and the talent that's getting extra push on SmackDown now is better. I get the, I get the analogy or kind of the, the comparison and I think, you know, maybe Billy Kidman, although the Kidman thing wasn't a sincere push. It was Hulk Hogan going, all right, all these Internet fans want me to want to push somebody. Uh, it want me to, you know, want management to push somebody who is their darling. It was kind of a, the Daniel Bryan before there was Daniel Bryan, honestly. And they gave him this fake push. They pushed him on TV and Hogan sold for him, knowing Kidman was not a threat to him. Uh, Hogan knew as much as we push Kidman, he's not going to be a threat. So it was a way for Hogan to placate his critics but ultimately not really put anybody over who would be any kind of a threat to him. And it was just, it was just a political game. It was, you know, Hogan playing chess when others are playing checkers, but, um, but DDP did get over. I know, Greg, what, what do you want to uh, say to what Hayden said? And maybe what I said, I think I was there live for uh, a nitro and Kidman actually did beat Hogan, put him through a table or something like that and beat him. That's yeah. It, um, it, there was no follow up. It, was it wasn't like that. Yeah. Launched Kidman to start him. It, he was the wrong guy for that part. He was in the wrong spot. It was all, I mean, you can go back, if you're a VIP member, you can go back and read the back issues. It was, it was, I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't what, it wasn't like what Hogan would spin it as, you know, the legend is, oh, I, I, I saw this great talented Kidman and we pushed him to the moon. It was like, no, it was, it was a, it was a, as real looking of a fake push as there was. It was quite, quite the nuanced uh, uh, political game being played at that point. I think the one positive rep that Russo even today still has from both his time in the WWF and WCW is he took mid-card guys or guys who were being underutilized and gave them something to do, gave them a gimmick, gave them some kind of push. Um, and I think that's, you know, I, I think it, the, it's not a, a direct analogy because Mahal is just one guy and we're not see it's not like this um, groundswell of, of, a mid-carders in, in WWE getting pushes all over the place. It, it's Mahal, so it's kind of a, an isolated incident. Um, so I don't, I don't really see it necessarily as a direct comparison. All right. Uh, Hayden, anything you want to add? Oh, no, um, just a quick final thing in there, and then I'll let you get to other callers. It was, I wasn't trying to be so much comparing the booking to that of yeah. the uh, late era WCW as, as I was just trying to compare the position of them on the card. Um, I was, it just feels as though, and I've seen it before with other guys when they've gone to the top two in WWE and other guys that they've tried to give the 
the title to that they just never felt like the fans just never quite got behind. And granted, I don't know where they're going to go with Mahal if they really think he could actually be that guy. Um, I, I'm assuming that because of, according to what Vince has said in the past, anyone can be that guy, quote-unquote. But I was just curious. I was just more comparing the two in that their status on the card being suddenly skyrocketed. Um, and if the fans will ever actually take this seriously or or not. If, because obviously with Kidman, and it's like you said, I, I've, I used to be a very proud fan of WCW um, before about 1999. Um, and so I... I I was just trying to compare the spots on the card of the two, and so I wasn't more comparing saying, oh, they're booking them like they did in WCW, because that I think that level of booking was, may never be reached by any organization ever again. <laughs> the depths, yes. All right, well, cool. Hey, no, I appreciate it. I think, I think it's a good talking point. I mean, yes, I, I there, SmackDown is, I wouldn't say, is, is the B-show in terms of established top talent. I mean, I just, I think it's, it's very evenly split. Um, so it's not a show like, you know, like Thunder where the main event guys didn't want to work and they were watering themselves down creatively. SmackDown feels separate. There is a, a true roster split and it's a fair split. Um, and, and, you know, even with Cenegon and, and uh, Jericho just in for a cup of coffee, um, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn, Ty Dillinger, Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin, soon Rusev, Jinder Mahal, uh, Dolph Ziggler. I mean, there's enough depth there. You don't, they don't, I don't feel like they're just taking a bunch of lower card wrestlers and trying to rehab project them. I like that they're establishing a lower card or mid card wrestler has upward mobility and that they'll be given a fresh look. And I think that's a good thing because it makes fans get more invested in wins and losses and not just look at somebody once they're in a spot as forever in that spot. And so even if gender doesn't succeed wildly as becoming a perennial top tier guy, it, it sends a message to fans once they get past the shock of it and the lack of building the foundation for his, his sudden push. It sends a message, hey, you know what? Everybody's got a chance if they, if they impress management to, to get a fresh look and a new push. All right, another break, and when we come back, more Greg Parks and me talking SmackDown. PW Torch is now on YouTube. Check out our relaunched, revamped, and reinvigorated YouTube channel after many years sitting dormant, collecting dust. And now it's back shinier, brighter. It smells better. It's our PW Torch YouTube channel. And you can check out daily news updates, the weekly fireside chat with Tyler Sage and Zach Hadorn, and my Keller commentaries. The first Keller commentary was my rebooking of WrestleMania 38's lineup. I used all the same wrestlers, but none of the same matches. And I tried to make a better two-night event. Decide for yourself. Go check it out. YouTube.com slash PW Torch, and be sure to hit subscribe and like our videos. Uh, PWPodcast.com, our relaunch website. Uh, that might be your next favorite pro wrestling website if you check it out. PWPodcast.com. The uh, quick quotes from Cody Rhodes, uh, the, the Terminator story is hilarious. You've got to read <laughs> which wrestler didn't know that Terminator 2 was a sequel and why um that alone is funny he also addresses the ring of honor status but uh, greg he he was asked who's your personal four horsemen I, I don't know the context that he meant this in but i can't figure out what that context would be this is like four names ra- i thought he was going to say like among his era i thought he'd say you know you know him and randy orton and ted dibiase and pick one other guy and say oh yeah we could have been the four horsemen or 
something like that or pick top guys, but he just has this random list. Rey Mysterio. What? <laughs> uh, Randy Orton, Big <laughs> Show. And then a toss-up between Damian Sandow and Wade Barrett. I, to me, that comes across as, oh, these are, these are four or five guys I like to travel with. Like, I, I don't get at all. It's such a flaky answer. I don't understand it. How are Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, Big Show, and then Damian Sandow or Wade Barrett, four horsemen? I kind of get Orton and Barrett. You know, you can imagine them. Again, assuming he means four horsemen, guys carrying suits, talking about living the high life and being really credible uh, workers in the ring. I can get Randy and Wade, maybe Damian Sandow with a completely different push from the beginning, but Rey Mysterio, Big Show, I just, it's, sometimes wrestlers give the quirkiest answers. I, I don't know what to make of that, Greg. <laughs> yeah, part of me now, now that you say the quirkiest answers makes me think Cody was just having some fun with the interviewer and <laughs> just throwing out for random, random names. names. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that's that's weird, and I don't know what personal four horsemen mean. I don't know if these are, like you said, the friends you travel with. I don't know if it's, you know, if you could redo the four horsemen in WWE or whenever during your time there, who would it be? Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a weird question and an even weirder answer. Yes. Now, right under that article at pwpodcast.com are Arnett, is Arn Anderson's favorite Four horsemen. Uh, Greg, what do you think? I don't know if you read this yet, but what do you think? Because if you didn't, well, tell me if you did, because then you're cheating. But if you didn't, who do you think no, is the best four horsemen? Yeah. I didn't. Um, you mean like the, the group? What, what yeah, was the which best actual, incarnation of the four? The actual group of four, which incarnation did he think was the best? Um, was it him, Ole, Rick, and Tully? Yes, the original. Yep. Oh, no, okay. I can live with that. Yeah, good, good answer. Good answer. Um, well, you know, he actually, it, I, the, he said that's, that's would be special cause it was the first and it was unique, but he's actually with me in that the Barry Windham incarnation was probably the my, most, yeah, that, that was the most functional, but that would have been the most functional and most fun to watch and most exciting group bell to bell. So he, he kind of hedged a little bit kind of, well, Barry's probably the best, which it is. He's better than Ole, but the first one was special. So it kind of hedged a little bit, but. Um, you, you know, anyway. you could have just you could have just stopped after you said I got it right. That would have made me feel a little better. <laughs> yes. Um, well, anyway, go check out uh, all of what Arn had to say. Um, we got highlights of his interview on the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling up there. Really fun stuff. I, I think you'll love this site. I uh, very much endorse it. It's part of the Torch Family of websites, but it deserves a visit from you. PWPodcast.com. Um, okay, let's go back to the phone lines. And uh, up next, we've got uh, Walter in Boston. Walter, thanks for calling again. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, Wade. Hey, Mr. Park. Hey. Um, there we go. A couple of wrestlers I want to talk to about tonight, uh, Gender and uh, Nakamura. I'll start yeah. with Gender. Um, and this is kind of a... Um, not about SmackDown tonight. More of a general question. But um, I saw photos of him from 2015, and he's really gone through a... Uh, I guess we'll call body transition the last mm -hmm. couple of years. And, um, you know, you guys don't have to comment on this, but as a fan, it, it feels like he was probably using some performance enhancing drugs. Just from my eye test, you guys don't have to comment on that. And I'm afraid guys that are coming up, guys like that are really talented, like a Trevor Lee are going to see that, uh, Jinder, who was a uh, low-card, bottom-card guy released, 
comes back into WWE as this veiny, big, Scott Steiner-like guy and gets pushed to the top, and that's they're going to be looking for ways to uh, subvert the wellness policy, whatever uh, they test for, which we I don't think we know, Wade. Um, so I was just wondering your opinion as yeah. it affects indie guys that might be wanting to come in. No, it's a fair point. I, here's what I'll say. I've been as critical uh, probably as anybody um, dating back to the late 80s uh, about WWE's uh, pushing of, of write-it-up monsters. Um, and I just don't see it as a big problem right now, even with Jinder Mahal. And I know people you know, are, are kind of tilting their head going, hmm, I wonder what happened there. I don't see Jinder as just a guy carrying the tons of muscle mass and setting a bad example or the example, the prototype example for everyone to follow, WWE is pushing a complete mix of body types right now. I mean, it's, it's just such a mix of body types. I don't think anybody should look at the main roster and go, ah, my ticket in is to do a bunch of performance enhancing drugs that are illegal. I, I just don't think even looking at gender, you think that I think gender, I, and I don't know, maybe somebody who really knows his genetics and his potential body would in what supplements are out there would know that ah, there's no way to get there without, you know, something that probably is banned or should be banned. I, I can't speak to that, but I don't look at him and just go, God, this guy's just obviously juiced to the max. He looks like somebody who is, I, even if you take a ton of steroids and a ton of HGH and all that, you're not going to look that way. You're going to look bigger and bloated. And again, I'm not an expert on it, but I don't look at him and say, Oh yeah, he's, he's obviously doing it. I think you can achieve that look if you have some genetics on your side by just being cut and, and cutting out the stuff, the, the carbs, which, you know, Dean Ambrose joked about um, with uh, on Raw last night. And I had, I'd made it. Yeah. And I made a previous joke uh, about gender, you know, give, give the poor guy a donut. But I, I, I just, I think there's too many body types being pushed right now of all different shapes and sizes where you should then disqualify gender because he got rid of a bunch of body fat and is just, loading up on on protein and perhaps legal supplements all that said i'd feel better about it if wwe had an actual independent drug testing policy like an outside untouchable totally independent agency tested the talent or or both they were transparent about it put on the website every month they did a report here's how many wrestlers got tested um they were tested randomly from the bottom to the top of the card, they could even divide the wrestlers anonymously and uh, first, second and third tier wrestlers in terms of simply pay and say, as you can see here, while we're not naming names, cause we don't want anyone to, you know, learn a pattern. And this is meant to be anonymous unless you fail. Um, the, the, there we have the, the random test did equally distribute across the top third paid people, the middle third and the bottom third. And here's how many tests we administered. And uh, in here's what the results were. And there were, you know, two first offenses or no first offenses or whatever. Like, to me, they could do that without violating anybody's privacy. They could be independent and show, hey, we really are not just directing somebody to get tested because we're mad at them. We're only doing the lower card guys we can afford to fail out. We really, truly are testing everybody from top to bottom randomly. And everybody has an equal chance to get tested. So I'd feel better about it if they had that kind of transparency. They don't. And they leave themselves open to speculation. All of that said, I still go back to looking at who's getting pushed and what they look like. And I'm just, when I look at the roster, I just don't get uh, all that worked up right now. I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn, uh, Luke Harper, uh, you know, 
Finn Balor is a totally different body type. Dean Ambrose covers himself up mostly. Um, you know, Seth Rollins, I think, has good genetics on his side. He may or may not use anything besides food to get that. Um, so, yeah, I'm not real concerned. Well, I I'm, yeah, I mean, that, that's yeah. my take on it. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Uh, Greg, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, hopefully the guys who are in the business and who are looking to get in the door of WWE and are looking at Jinder Mahal know enough about the business to know that WWE right now is trying very hard to um, get over in India. Um, they That's one of their hottest markets as far as social media, and uh, they, they want some representation. They did a, a uh, tryout over there in Dubai recently. So, you know, pushing a guy like Jinder Mahal, yes, the timing works out to where you look at his body and you say, hmm, he just happens to come back with this body and gets the biggest push of his life. But on the other hand, you can look at from a business perspective what they're trying to accomplish by making uh, someone with, uh, with an Indian background a star and what, that, what doors that can open for WWE in India which is really a market they'd love to break into in a big way. Um, hopefully the wrestlers in the business know enough about the business where they can look at Mahal and say, okay, that's probably the biggest reason he's getting the push right now. And, and I think if, if Jinder is getting a push in part because he got really serious about training and diet and, uh, and did it uh, a legal and safe way, if he did that, I don't have a problem with rewarding him for that because he looks more yeah. distinct and it fits his genetic. It fits his genetics. There's, I mean, I can't cut out carbs and lift weights and look like gender. I would end up looking different if I just dedicated myself <laughs> to having the best build I could have. And I think that's, you know, same with Kevin Owens. We talked about him earlier. I don't know if he lost weight and, and did what gender does like that. He would, he'd be shirtless and cut like gender. I mean, everybody has different genetics. So I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just saying he doesn't jump out at me like uh, a, a number of guys over the last several decades where it was just like, Oh, come on. You can't be serious in WWE and elsewhere. Uh, Walter, anything else you want to bring up? Yeah, and I agree with that. I guess my concern was um, having indie guys see his body transition and whether it was diet and done the right way or not, they're thinking, well, if I look like him, I'm going to get a push in WWE. I'm going to get a contract. And, you know, um, oh, I wanted to bring up Nakamura quickly. And uh, his promo last week was awful. 
So I was wondering if you think that he'll ever get over with a mainstream WWE audience unable to do English promos or if they can kind of ride this, um, we're not going to see him on TV, but we're going to hear violins and see him doing dance moves. I I don't think that's going to last long. And I really want to see the guy succeed, but I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. This, there's a courtship going on right now, as there is with any new wrestler. Ty Dillinger's doing this right now, too. There's a courtship with WWE's largest fan base, the Ron SmackDown audience, compared to NXT and, you know, and non-WWE, ROH, New Japan, whatever. There's a courtship going on. You don't lead on your first date with your worst qualities or even your average qualities. You hide those. You lead with your best traits. If you're motivated and successful and an optimistic person, you would lead with that, not the fact that uh, every couple months you go into a funk and just need to get away from everybody. You don't lead with that. You don't go, yeah, if, if we date for a long time, you're going to find out that there's probably a week every, every two months where I just need to be alone and, and just withdraw from society. Don't lead with that. You, you know, form a bond with somebody while you're dating them and then let them know about some of, the, some of the foibles. Or if you're super, super particular about never eating anything the color red, it's irrational. It doesn't make any sense. From jelly beans to rhubarb, you won't eat it. Don't lead with that. Lead with something else, all the charity work you've done or your degrees. Why are they leading with, gender, with, with, why are they leading with Shinsuke talking with a mouth guard in after Dolph Ziggler pegs him as basically what Honky Tonk Man was to Elvis, he is to Michael Jackson. It was so boneheaded. You don't lead with something that isn't a strength when he is so good in so many other ways. So th- I don't think it's, he's going to have trouble getting over unless WWE keeps putting him out there in a situation that came across as sabotage or a complete unawareness of, of what it's going to take to get him over as an unconventional talent. He is so special. His charisma is so special, but they can't tell you about it the way Vince McMahon likes to frame everything in a phrase or a sentence or a nickname. Shinsuke's got to show people what he's all about. And what it should start with is what he can do in the ring. The ring entrance should not be what they even push the most. What they should push is he's a, an athlete of, with, the, with almost unmatched credentials coming into WWE, and he's coming in wanting to conquer this new land. He's had great success in Japan. He didn't want to leave home all these years. He's still in his prime, and now he wants to prove that he's good enough to be on the largest stage of them all. That should be the lead. Let the other stuff be secondary. Let fans pick up on that and go, this guy's a great ass kicker. Great. I, I, but he's also he's so different. He's intriguing. He's kind of quirky. I'm not quite sure what to think of him and let fans form their own opinion by watching him do his thing. And if they do that, I have no doubt he's going to be a megastar. But if they lead by having Dolph Ziggler make fun of him for being a Michael Jackson imitator with a bunch of lame dated jokes, and then Shinsuke's comeback is with a mouth guard in his mouth mumbling, that's not good. That's, that's not leading on the first or second date uh, with the right stuff. So, I don't. I, 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 it's going to take a lot of work to, for Shinsuke to not get over, and they're off to a, a, a bad start in that one segment, but a good start otherwise. I think the videos are good. They're treating him as a big deal and framing his appearance as a big deal. So I'm still more optimistic than pessimistic. Greg, your thoughts on last week's kit? Uh, yeah, I don't think it was Shinsuke's promo necessarily that was the biggest problem. I think it was just the way the whole thing was presented and the whole thing Dolph. went down. So, yeah, that was Dolph. Yeah, I, I wouldn't get down on Nakamura's <laughs> mic work just based on what we saw there. I don't think he's ever going to be the guy who comes out and cuts a 20-minute promo or a 10-minute promo or, or does talking like The Miz. 
but I think he'll be serviceable for what they ask him to do. Last week's segment, and we talked about when Shinsuke was in NXT and he was primed and ready to come up to the main roster, we talked about, is Vince McMahon going to get this guy? Because, Wade, like you said, he's quirky. He's unusual for what WWE pushes. He doesn't have that same personality that you see a lot of the guys getting pushed with. And to me, that segment last week felt like the first thing Vince McMahon thought of when he saw Shinsuke in full garb is Michael Jackson. And he says, the audience is going to think this guy's a Michael Jackson ripoff. <laughs> we have to head it off the path. We have to address it. We have to own it so people can get beyond that. That's what last week's that kind of Michael Jackson dated reference, that felt like Vince looking at Shinsuke saying, he looks like Michael Jackson. We need to get out in front of this before people just think he's a Michael Jackson ripoff. He dances. He wears the that that kind of outfit that Michael Jackson wore. Um, that felt like that came straight from Vince last week. Or the lamest person on Vince's writing team, and Vince thought, sure, what the heck? I trust your judgment. Well, don't. Never again. <laughs> that could be it, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Walter, anything else? I, I just want to finish up by saying all the charisma that Nakamura has is like the exact opposite of Dolph, who is like a black hole of charisma, where Nakamura can do things without talking and just the, the way he, he wrestles and Dolph just overblows everything. They're like polar opposites. So I can't wait till Nakamura crushes them. Thanks for taking my call tonight. Thanks, Walter. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, still, I still think Shinsuke is going to be a big star, selling a lot of merchandise. But talk about Michael Jackson anymore. All right. Uh, probably our last break here. We'll come back for what will likely be our final segment. But if you're on hold, um, please stand hold. And we'll uh, get to some calls after this commercial message. We're about to go to a commercial break. Why listen to commercial breaks when you can go VIP and experience our shows with the ads and plugs removed? PWTorch.com slash go VIP. That's PWTorch.com slash go VIP for full details. Or go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorch VIP. Rates start as low as $4.99 to remove the ads and plugs through Patreon. Full VIP membership starts at $9.99. Treat yourself to a streamlined ad and plug free listening experience with a VIP or Patreon membership. Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free PW Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right, we're on our fifth year. When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course, the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Socek. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the Daily Cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast. Cast app, and of course, you can listen ad free with a PW Torch VIP membership. All right, we are back. You can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at the Wade Keller. Follow our brands at PW Torch at MMA Torch. 
and at PW Podcast. That's the new revamped, relaunched website, pwpodcast.com, chronicling wrestling personality hosted podcasts and bringing you highlights every day of what wrestlers are saying on podcast interviews. So check that out if you haven't yet. I will continue to encourage you to do so until you do. So you might as well do it so I get off your back. Uh, Greg Parks, uh, how can people follow you on social media if you want such a thing? Oh, I love it. Uh, it's at Greg <laughs> M. Parks on Twitter. Excellent. Greg M. Parks on Twitter. Sounds great. All right, let's go to our next caller, uh, Bradley in Louisiana. You're up next. Hello, guys. How y'all doing today? Good. Thanks for calling. What do you think about SmackDown tonight? What's in your mind? Well, I actually didn't uh, get to watch SmackDown, so uh, I've been getting caught up listening to you guys. Um, my question or, or statement, more or less, um, with the Jinder Mahal situation, I'm not necessarily saying Jinder Mahal is the right or wrong choice, but it's kind of a cool to have, like, a break between uh, whatever Randy's going to be doing next. Because I remember years ago thinking that, uh, man, I kind of wish we had a Jinder Mahal moment. So, yeah, John Cena, Randy Orton matches that we had back in the day. So, just so elevating somebody to that spot temporarily where you know the that who's going to win and who's going to lose. I mean, granted, there's still a chance that gender could win, but let's more than likely rain is coming out the victor in this few. So what do you think about them every now and then to kind of break up the, uh, the monotony of having the same guys feud over and over from time to time? Uh, go ahead, Greg. I'll let you take this one. I really think it's great because it's, it's, almost a no-lose situation for WWE. They get a guy like Jinder Mahal, they put him in a position to succeed. If he knocks their socks off, great. They've got a new main eventer. If he doesn't, if he flops in that role, if he, you know, if the ratings continue to slide, if nobody watches Backlash uh, when it comes up, they can shuttle him back down the card. And now if he takes over the same role he was in before he was gifted this main event slot, all of a sudden all the jobs he does, mean more now because he's been in a title match the announcers can always bring up hey this is Jinder Mahal uh he just you know recently challenged or a few months ago challenged Randy Orton for the uh WWE title at Backlash so the guys he puts over all of a sudden get elevated a little more than if he was just Jinder Mahal who came back with no fanfare and immediately started doing jobs on TV all right uh, very good um let's go back to Bradley anything else a little background noise to put you on mute but uh do you have any follow-up Bradley well, yes. Uh, I guess uh, the reason why I kind of thought about that is because I, I don't remember what happened. But I remember a few years ago uh, where it seemed like they were about to push Kofi and then uh, with the victory over Randy Orton. So I thought something was going to happen there. And uh, and I don't remember how it played out. But if I remember, uh, what I do remember is uh, it not leading to anything for Kofi. So, uh yeah. Then I remember that R-Truth, they did this a while back with R-Truth that, that uh, I think it was Capital Punishment where they gave us the uh, John Cena versus R-Truth uh, feud, which kind of gave us a break yeah. because I had seen Cena wrestle every top guy at this point. You know, so while I, it wasn't the most exciting um, feud John Cena was ever in, it does give you a break. And it's re- I, I, 
every now and then predictability is a bad thing to me, but sometimes it is a good thing as well. Yes. Um, you know, I agree. So like, it's all right. There we go. Yeah. Um, well, that's all I got for you guys. Well, right. and y'all have a great night. Cool. Thanks Thank a lot. You. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, it, again, I don't think you can just use a blanket statement that all pushes out of nowhere or breaks from just rotating the top guys against each other all the time are always good. And sometimes, you know, when you push someone higher management, goes, oh, this is why we had them at the mid-card for all, the, all that time. We forgot about that, or they still haven't grown up or matured, or they're still making those mistakes, or they've got attitude. You know, we, we see signs of them having an attitude and this going to their head. Sometimes you get derailed for those reasons. Sometimes the crowd just doesn't respond to you at that level when you start getting that push. Sometimes it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Sometimes it's legit. Management has all kinds of reasons for not pushing people that we don't know and understand until people speak out. You know, I remember Kurt Angle, like people didn't say bad things about Kurt Angle in WWE. And then as soon as he went to TNA, they're like, oh, God, that guy will never stop talking. Don't believe anything he says. He has no credibility. He just talks. He'll talk your ear off and talk about all the great things he's going to do. And it's just over the top. And, oh, God, he's just boorish. Like all this it was like, wait a second. You guys were the ones, you know, planting seeds about what a great guy he was and what a natural. And now he's in TNA. And you're like, oh, thank God he's gone. That guy was just hard. So, I mean, you just sometimes you don't know how the management feels about somebody during the time that, that they're on the roster. But later on, sometimes you do hear, Oh, okay. Now I kind of understand why it seemed like they deserved to push, but didn't get one. And that at the same time though, I, I'm all for guys getting a chance that didn't have a chance before. And, and rotating talent and, and making it seem like, again, this is the problem with genders push out of nowhere, making it seem like wins and losses matter. And when you win, you can move up the card. That's better. I loved uh, that, you know, Kurt Angle talked about to Goldust and R-Truth, you guys don't have enough wins to ask for and receive a title shot. I'll give you an opportunity to earn a title shot, but you don't, you haven't had the win-loss record that you need. I love Shane walking up. This is only tangentially related. I love Shane, Greg, walking up to Jinder Mahal at the beginning of the show when he was posing with the belt going, uh, Jinder, this isn't yours. And then, of course, he has to say, around here on SmackDown Live, you don't get to carry around a title unless you earn it. You know, of course, he has to go into the kind of corporate speak cliche mode. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like that. And he took it from him and Jinder Mahal stared him down, um, but didn't, you know, beat him up. He accepted the fact that, yeah, he's got to earn it. And Jinder just said, I will. And when I do earn it, I'll bring glory to this, to this show. And um, so I like Shane taking the belt the first chance he got when Jinder was just standing around, you know, basically flaunting it. Um, I liked about it, just a little thing, like the camera was on Becky Lynch tonight as she was walking in the hallway and she happened upon the group of the, of the, the welcoming committee, uh, three women in Ellsworth. Um, and as opposed to just the camera randomly showing those four welcoming committee people talking just in time for Becky to show up, like little details they seem to be addressing that just make things flow better. Your, your people are acting, including camera people, the way that you would expect them to if it was a realistic, natural flow. Uh, it's so different than what we saw with House of Horrors on Sunday with Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, which is as sloppy yeah. and fake as it gets. So I credit them for some of those little things. I, you know, I call them straightening, the t straightening your tie moments. They did a lot of that tonight, and I think it makes for a better show. Yeah, it, and it really does. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up before we go to the, the next call is – uh, we haven't talked hardly at all about Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. We've mentioned it a little bit. Yeah. Um, on the on the post show on Sunday, Pat McNeil and I kind of talked about the surprise of that result of Chris Jericho going over, and it was one of those things that I said, you know, it, it's a surprise now, but 
I think we're going to have to judge this later in the week when we see the fallout from it. Because I don't think anyone expected Jericho to keep the title for more than a few days. And right. he lost it here tonight. Um, and I think there were a lot of people saying, well, you know, even if he does lose it coming up, it doesn't make sense for him to win it here and then just lose it back to Owens so quickly, which is what ended up happening. I guess my question to you, Wade, is did things play out tonight in a way that made Jericho's win on Sunday make sense to you and make it more palatable, or do you think it wasn't even worth having Jericho win and do such a, a last-minute title switch for you know Jericho holding it for two days? Would you have rather seen Owens retain on Sunday to keep the title and keep that momentum and then write Jericho off a different way tonight? We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. That's wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. Also welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the Wade Keller. That's at pwtorch and at the Wade Keller. I, I liked what they did. Um, I think... I don't think you should just do title changes if they could do in title changes. Like, oh, just, you know, let's, let's make it the pay-per-view worthwhile by having a title change because you have diminishing returns. Uh, that was an, one of the other just awful booking mistakes made over and over again during the Monday Night War era. You had decades of promoters being disciplined about not hot-shotting title changes over and over and over again. And then you got in a competitive TV environment and as a substitute for sound patient booking – they just started doing title matches on TV and title changes on TV left and right. And pretty soon it was like, you know, Sting turning or Kurt Angle turning or AJ Styles turning or worst of all, Big Show turning. People just got numb to it, or Randy Orton for that matter. But especially with Big Show, you just get numb to it after a while. They were diminishing returns on, on the rapid title changes. WWE's better about that. I think they could be even better. So my inclination, Greg, in saying all that is my inclination is keep the belt on, on wrestlers as long as possible. I default to keep the belt on Neville for another year and a half. Um, you know, keep the belt uh, on Alexa Bliss for a really long time. Like, don't do title changes for no reason. But dropping it one night to arrival and regaining it two nights later and having it headline a show so you get something out of it and having it be a good match and having a big angle at the end that puts heel heat on Owens, that helps give juice to us, presumably AJ, as a freshly turned babyface, as the strong babyface in that feud, fighting essentially for Jericho's honor. Um, if that's where they go with it, and maybe there's other ways they go that makes as much sense and works, I, I think it, it served a purpose. And I'm okay with this, you know, kind of short-term uh, title change that we saw. Yeah, it was it was kind of a curious decision on Sunday, and then you're thinking, well, they must have some plan in mind because Jericho's not going to hold this for a long time. So, you know, what do they do to get it off of him? And I think. You know, if you tried to speed things up and say, have Owens win on Sunday and write Jericho off at that moment, I don't think WWE would have wanted to do the kind of injury angle they did here tonight in the opening match of that pay-per-view Sunday either. Right. So, yes, you get get a quick title uh, run for Jericho. You get to have a SmackDown headlined by a title match, a title change, makes the show more newsworthy. But also, you know, you're not stuffing a big angle at the beginning of the pay-per-view, possibly burning out the crowd really quickly, uh, especially with the baby face getting injured and then losing them the rest of the show. So, yeah, I think in that regard, it makes sense. Yes, I do, too. 
Um, and it, it was like a lot of things, Greg. You've got to wait and see what are they doing here? You know, what, what does this mean? Uh, where does it lead before you can fully, fully judge things? Um, and sometimes your, your instincts and first inclination is right, but sometimes it's, it's good to be patient and go, maybe this goes somewhere that makes more sense. And, and I think the order in which they did it made sense. All right, up next, area code 917. Uh, not sure if you're a first-time caller or not, but go ahead and state your name and where you're calling from. Hey, Wade, it's, it's actually Chris from New York. I'm just calling from a different phone. Okay, Chris, great. Thanks. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I thought this show was uh, really good. It was probably the best show I've seen since the Brentford and SmackDown. I don't think there's been one where the writing was as good. I like the um, stuff with the Fatchet Police. I like the, you know, Dolph, the stuff with Dolph Ziggler. I mean, it's it's okay. It's it's watchable, but, you know, you're not going to remember much of it after you watch it. Um, I thought it was an overall good show. I wanted to ask you, I know the Fashion Police has been a, a theme tonight with the phone calls, and I wanted to ask you about them having a main streak. I feel like a lot of the gimmicky characters in the history of pro wrestling, um, you know, The Undertaker, Dwight the Clown, they all had uh, gorgeous George. They all had a, uh, a mean streak. They were they were personalized so that the fans could relate and connect to them. Do you think that's what needs to happen with the Fast Police as well, or do you think they that what they're doing now is what they should be doing? Uh, go ahead, Greg. Go first. Well, they're baby faces now, so that they may be less likely to have that. But I think to be taken seriously as a not only as a tag team in general, but also a tag team that's challenging for the tag team titles, I think you want to at least get over the fact that you're competent in the ring. And we haven't seen a lot of that out of Brizongo. They've wrestled very short matches, usually on the losing end. They haven't had those extended 10 or 15-minute multi-segment matches on SmackDown to really convince the fans that, hey, these guys are more than just the gimmick where they hand out tickets to guys and then you know, get super kicked into oblivion and lose the match. I think I'm more concerned with, with showing that they can go in the ring and that they're worthy of challenging the USOs for the title rather than necessarily having a mean streak, as it were. Mm, okay. Okay, I, I guess that makes sense. I just yeah. I, I, I brought it up just because I feel like very um, sort of out-there characters are a lot harder for fans to connect to sometimes because people can't relate. They can't connect with them. I think adding some emotion, maybe some intent for the fact that he's taking away some of that comedy that usually damages characters would probably help them get to the next level as far as how fans feel about them. Yeah, I think, Chris, maybe what you're getting at, Greg's getting at, is don't have them come across as just flakes. Like, they're just flakes. They're just goofballs. Like, you can be a character... But and, and, you know, a character in, in a you know, kind of literal sense and then a character in more of the personality sense um, and, and be kind of quirky, but still be credible. Like Dean Ambrose is kind of always walking that fine line. But I think moving to the successful side of it more often uh, this year than he was last year. And y- there has to be a sense of authenticity. There has to be a sense that they're kind of in on the joke, but that they're they're doing it for a purpose there's what the way they act serves a purpose and in the end when the bell rings they are i wouldn't say all business because it's kind of cliche what does that really mean um but when the bell rings you can tell they look like they're fighting to win they're not performing a gimmick act and that's the key for them and i I think they're good enough to pull that up okay okay 
Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wake Keller Pro Sync Podcast, Wake Keller Pro Sync Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. pwtorch.com slash govip. The women, what do you think, what do you guys think that the, of what the job that WWE did with the, um, with the women tonight? I thought that it was okay. I don't like the idea of um, pitting just a bunch of women wrestlers and tag teams and groups and have them go against each other because I feel like that's just an excuse to have them on television most of the time. Um, I think now it's, it seems like they're putting some uh, trust in it and they have uh, direction that they're going with with the women. But I feel like having Charlotte and her face her that they're doing would be better off her, maybe having her face, you know, Carmella or somebody instead of just putting them on the groups and nobody really... You, Tamina just came back and she's now, again, just a one-dimensional powerhouse because nobody knows or cares about her. Uh, so what do you guys think about that? And do you think that this may lead to the debut of Asuka from NXT? Uh, uh, Greg, what do you think? I think Asuka's still a ways off. Um, I, I think tonight really showed the depth that the women's division has on, on SmackDown. Um, pretty good depth. Uh you know, they're they're desperate to hide Tamina in a group. Like it's it's always she's always with other people because they're afraid to put her out there on her own and because she's not from what well I mean she she could have improved. I feel like the last real match I've seen her in has probably been a year and a half or two years, but she wasn't really that good. And even since she was any kind of focal point in the women's division on either Raw or SmackDown, um, the women's division has gotten a complete revamp, and it, it is more about. Uh, the in-ring than it was when Tamina was um, was relevant last, I guess, really. So it, it just kind of strikes me that they're they're forcing her into another group. Um, what's that group called? I I can't remember the name. <laughs> I didn't I didn't hear it enough tonight. Uh, the welcoming committee. That's what it was. Uh, so I think it's they have really good depth. What I'm concerned about is the the Charlotte turn. Um, I think, and I uh, posted this on Twitter during the show. You know, there are some heels that are sort of mid-level heels, and they're not really strong heels that can get away with doing a turn without really turning, without having that seminal moment where they where they turn and they, they realize the error of their ways and they, they try to make up for it. Um, but someone the level of Charlotte, who is such a good heel and was so effective at getting people to boo her and did so much mic work, getting that kind of, of really good heel heat, I think she needed a bigger moment to turn on than what we got. She kind of, over the last few weeks, has slowly been turning, and I guess maybe her coming out uh, after the backstage attack and getting to the ring to team with Naomi, that could have been considered that moment to turn. But I just think she needed something bigger um, to turn on to really turn babyface to get the fans behind her. I liked it. I thought it worked, but I agree that it isn't like this singular moment of we didn't used to like her and now we do. I think what's going to happen is 
there's going to be some leeriness on Becky's part because they have an up and down history as she kind of planted the seed last week. Well, we've had our ups and downs, uh, but there's a history there. And, and getting to a point, and even Naomi, you know, why should I trust her? I'm not sure. I want them to address those feelings that fans are right to have, that they should feel like, wait a second, I don't know if I, uh, if, if I trust that Charlotte really is going to not necessarily be sincerely against the welcoming committee. I think she's sincerely against them and not in cahoots, obviously with a beatdown. But will she still ultimately be in for herself? And I think the running to the ring showed you know, when she could have stayed out, that she wanted to come in and, and help even the score. I do have a criticism, speaking of this, that I want to get out, which is it's preposterous that heels get rewarded for beating down their opponents by having a two-on-one advantage. Uh, they, they, they can't just say, well, Charlotte got beat up by her opponent, so now she can't make it to the ring, so Naomi has to wrestle one-on-two. That makes Shane McMahon out to be a complete buffoon that you're rewarding this backstage attack by giving greater odds for somebody to get the win and perhaps put Naomi in a position to be hurt. You should at least give her a chance to have a substitute partner. And, and especially, especially when you've already established that Becky Lynch is there. She was in a backstage segment exactly. earlier in the show. Are yep. you expecting her to just be backstage twiddling her thumbs and not even offering to help Naomi? I, exactly. Now, I could have lived with this. JBL, who's all over the, who's all over the place. He was, he was back out. to JBL. He was back to being JBL tonight. I know. Well, he was back, yeah, he's back to being a heel commentator, but he's still all over the place. It's not this, like, this core constitution that, that guides whether he likes someone or doesn't like someone or likes somebody's uh, cheating or doesn't like somebody's cheating or likes you know, doing what you have to win, and sometimes he doesn't like people who do what they have to do to win. All kinds of, I mean, it's just, it's just so ridiculous. But I don't want to go off on that. Yes, he was. He he, fe- he must feel like he's out of the woods, out of trouble, Greg, it, regarding the moral situation. Um, they got the quote on record for Morrow, and now JBL can go back to being a heel without having to, you know, uh, do whatever it was he was doing the last few weeks. But here's my point: if JBL said, "Hey, it, Charlotte threw the first punch," so it's Charlotte, you know, the, the other women are just defending themselves against Charlotte. That's still preposterous, but you're look, but there's a subtlety because I think Charlotte did throw the first punch. And I think that that can then lead to at least some justification of, you know, Tom Phillips going, well, normally Shane McMahon would get a mystery partner, but I think he's thinking, hey, Charlotte, Charlotte lit the match. Now she's got to live with the ramifications. I still don't love it, but I'd be better off. That's just an example of how to fix it a little bit. But don't keep doing this where the heels beat down somebody and then it's a two-on-one match. At least this time, though, that it's not a two-on-one match with a baby faces against one heel like with Miz uh, the other week. So. Support us on Patreon starting at $4.99. Get these shows ad-free and bonus VIP content. That's $4.99 on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. I want to bring up Jinder Mahal. I feel like I still have an issue with how he got his uh, number one contendership a couple weeks yeah. ago. But I feel like the job that they've been doing with him is just—it's—it's it's different. It's fresh. It's new, and it has me emotionally invested in the way I. If you'd asked me a year ago, should Jinder Mahal is it a good idea for him to be in the main event scene? I would have said no, not not at all. But 
he's doing he's doing a pretty good job. I, his now his his um, alliance with the Singh brothers. I feel like they're only teaming together because they have the same color skin. There's no reason for them to be teaming together whatsoever. But I think they we have a uh, a good gritty tough group in WWE again that we haven't had any uh, factions since maybe the Shield that anyone really cared about. So, what do you guys think of the job that they've done with Jinder um, and the direction they're taking him in? And I feel like him and Randy are going to have a great match because I feel like most of the wrestlers in WWE these days, wrestlers, they wrestle the same exact style, the video games, spot monkey stuff. And come uh, Backlash, we're going to have two behemoths and Jinder Mahal and um, Randy Orton beating the living hell out of each other. And I think that they could have a... Uh, I think people should pay a little bit more attention to, to them. So what do you guys think of the, the direction they're sending uh, Mahal in? Uh, great, good thoughts. Uh, you're a little more confident in the in the Orton-Mahal match than I am, uh, which, is, which is great. Um, I, I love that. Uh, I, I like what they're doing with Mahal. I, you know, he's getting the heel heat. Granted, it's... it's for the most part, cheap xenophobic heat that that WWE goes to quite often, but it's working. And when you have a guy who you're plucking from relative obscurity and putting him in the main event title match at a pay-per-view, I guess that kind of heat is better than no heat at all, which is what you you run the risk of having when you when you um, push a guy the way they're pushing Mahal. Um, putting with the with the Singh brothers, you know, it gets them on TV. They were in the uh, the cruiserweight tournament, and you know they've been under contract for a while, and they give, you know, Mahal needs to be protected a little bit because he doesn't have the wins in his back pocket that he can go yeah. to. You can't say, well, he can do the job here because we've given him wins the last few weeks. So the Singh brothers kind of are there, you know, it's the old Alex Riley, uh, the Miz pairing. You know, Riley takes the beating while Miz kind of backs away and, and saves himself for another day. That's kind of the role I see the Singh brothers here taking is, um, you know, maybe they wrestle Randy Orton in a one-on-one match on SmackDown leading up to Backlash. Maybe they wrestle Orton in a two-on-one match. Orton's able to beat them. They take the losses. They take the beatdowns and keep Mahal away from that because he's got to stay away from that to have any credibility in that main event scene. You can't take a guy who's been a jobber and then keep beating him and expect people to think, He's a main event title contender. Good points, Greg. Uh, Chris, anything else to wrap up? Uh, last, the last thing I want to bring up is uh, Kevin Owens. Tonight, I saw something Kevin Owens that I haven't seen in, since NXT. A uh, uh, very vicious, brutal side to his uh, character. That and he's normally pretty yeah. boring. He's nothing special most of the time. But tonight, I think he went back to those NXT days where he was beating up uh, his best friend with sociopathic tendencies. I thought they did a really good job of portraying him as a uh, like a brutish sort of heel. I think him and AJ Styles are going to have a really great match. What do you guys think what they've done with Kevin Owens? That's the last thing I want to talk about. Uh, go ahead, Greg. The whole deal with Owens and Jericho has been really well done. Uh, from the, the teaming up to the breakup to what's happened after that, uh, they had a really good match this uh, this past Sunday. Uh, match tonight was good. I didn't think it was quite on par with what they did on Sunday, but it was still a uh, totally acceptable television main event. So, yeah, the the ruthlessness of Owens, I think that's, 
that's kind of always there, and that's kind of always what drives him and his character. And I think we see that every once in a while. We saw that in the beatdown when he turned heel. Uh, it's not something he has to turn on every week because that would be just overkill. But I think that's something he brings out every once in a while just to remind fans that he can go to this place and he can do what what he thinks needs to be done to step over somebody to get where he needs to go. And, and that was a good reminder tonight of that uh, mentality that's within that character. Uh, Chris, appreciate your call. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Have a good night, guys. Absolutely. Uh, Greg, thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Good, good time talking Absolutely. about SmackDown here for the last hour and a half. Uh, thanks to our uh, callers, too. Uh, tomorrow again, Pat McNeil, joined by Jim Valley, the Wayback Playback team, uh, reuniting on a special midweek edition of the live cast. Uh, I thank Pat in advance for uh, hosting for me tomorrow. And uh, so call him up and uh, talk current events, talk about the last three days of WWE and Anything else you want, current events or wrestling history, certainly they know their wrestling history also. Uh, Jim Valley will be live in Las Vegas uh, discussing how things are going at Cauliflower Alley at the uh, banquet and, and convention this week. Uh, Greg, uh, give a uh, brief plug to your column in this week's Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter that will be going online uh, probably tomorrow. Uh, yeah, this uh, upcoming uh, newsletter column that I wrote kind of looks at some of the more recent examples of WWE not exactly getting it right with the babyface and heel dynamic. And I give a couple blind items about, uh, you know, wrestler A does this, wrestler B does this. Who do you think is the heel or the babyface in this situation? Um, and it just kind of dissect, you know, from, from WWE's point of view, what, what's the idea behind the booking this way and really how the fans reacted to it and, and what WWE may need to do a little better in booking heels like heels and booking baby faces like baby faces. I, I love that approach, uh, putting a, putting, you know, making it a blind item where you're not saying who's supposed to be the good guy or bad guy. I, I love that yeah. approach. It's a really creative way to, to make a, a larger point about their booking. So uh, PW Torch VIP members and print edition subscribers can check that out this week. If you, I don't plug it as much on the show as I should. If you are interested not only in uh, listening to our podcast, but reading the print edition, the paper copy of you who might consider doing it in the future. That does it for me for today until next time, which uh, won't be tomorrow because it's Pat McNeil and Jim Valley hosting. This is Wade Keller signing off. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed. 
along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. So far in 2022, I am down about 10 pounds, and one of the things that's helped me stay on course, eating the proper portions, high-quality ingredients, and healthy meals, but conveniently within my busy schedule, has been Factor. We've been talking about Factor here for a few months, and I am a believer. Um, their, their meals are delicious. Every week, I look forward to picking out the, the meals that I'm going to have delivered. I, I've been sharing some of them with my mom. Um, who has a little bit different uh, preferences than I do, and there's a wide enough selection to satisfy my family and her. Factor makes it easy for me and my family to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves me time by delivering chef-crafted meals to my doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep, not to mention cleanup. There's no dishes to wash. This works perfectly. There's been a few times before Raw or SmackDown where I've been working all afternoon and I've got a real small window for dinner, and I'm so happy those Factor meals are in the fridge because I know in three minutes I'm sitting down and eating a restaurant delivery quality meal that feels like it was chef-crafted and chef-prepared. But you heat them up in two minutes, and you're sitting down and enjoying your meal within three minutes. It's faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. I'm big on eating whole food ingredients. I don't like processed food. I try to really limit uh, processed white flour and empty calories. And there's just not empty calories in these Factor meals, but they're full of flavor. A mix of vegetables, whole grains and a ton of protein and good carbs. I find myself not wanting to add salt or sauce or anything to these meals. I add a little pepper uh, to some of them, but others are, are just the right amount of spice. And with more than 29 meal options each week, you're never going to be bored. There's a rotation of meals. I have what I think are my favorites with Factor, and then the next week there'll be a new meal, and I'll try that, and it gets added to my list of meals that I think Factor's done a great job on. They offer vegan and veggie meals, keto meals, low-calorie options, cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein options, veggie sides, and more. And it's been keeping me fueled and focused all day long. I've been doing more exercising since the beginning of the year, and Factor gives me the energy to keep going. So head to go.factor75.com slash Wade120 and use code Wade120 to get $120 off. That's code WADE120. That's WADE120 at go.factor75.com slash WADE120. Again, that's go.factor75.com slash WADE120 for $120 off. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling in real time over the past 30 plus years. 
And throughout the year 2022, we're going to begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all-text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them. Plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our Torch year-end awards, the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002, one at a time throughout the year 2022. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free pw torch podcast we've been doing this show since 2016 that's right we're on our fifth year when we started the show back then we were talking just impact wrestling and we still talk about them from time to time as well and over the years we've branched out to also discuss mlw and of course the main event of our program which is always the latest going on in aew again the show is called the all elite after show with me mike mcmahon and my partner andrew socek you can check us out as part of the pw torch daily cast lineup you can subscribe to our show and all of the daily cast shows just by searching pw torch on any podcast app and of course you can listen ad free with a pw torch vip membership Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app 
And we're always available on demand at PWTorchDailyCast.com, where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Cast. I'm Rich Fan, host of the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Any Lad? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small. So if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter paper copy edition in the year 2022. You can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Also, welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the Wade Keller. That's at pwtorch and at the Wade Keller. A lot of you listen to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post shows who haven't watched the TV show we're talking about. A good way to catch up on what happened on the TV show is with my VIP-exclusive Wade Keller hotlines that follow Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. In fact, as soon as I wrap up recording the post shows with live callers and my co-hosts and our on-site correspondents, I send that off to the producer, and then I record the Wade Keller hotline, running down Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown start to finish. And it's not only a full rundown, a thorough rundown of what happened on the TV show, but also my analysis of the key segments and matches throughout the show, including opinions that I don't express on the post show. So as a VIP member, you can listen to that hotline first, which runs 20 to 40 minutes, and then jump into the post show with full knowledge of what happened on the TV show. That's just one benefit of being a VIP member. Another benefit is when you listen to the post show, the ads and plugs will be removed. So change up the way that you listen to our coverage of Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown by starting with a VIP Wade Keller hotline and then flowing into the Wade Keller post shows throughout the week. Go VIP pwtorch.com slash go vip pwtorch.com slash go vip rates start at nine dollars and 99 cents a month or get a full year for just 99 dollars. you can also get the weight color hotline through our patreon tier that's just six dollars and 99 cents a month details on that are at patreon.com slash pwtorch vip with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.